Just a few weekends ago, my brother married a beautiful, young, stellar woman, and the wedding celebration was a beautiful time. I officiated their ceremony, and in between the words that were spoken, I had the perfect proximity to be able to see their faces. And it will be a long time before I forget the wide range of emotions that were shared between my brother and his spouse. And I was so floored by the emotion of the moment that I just had to say it out loud to everybody in the community. I am probably going to get a little emotional. I had to be honest. I knew that this was a moment that I would never see again. And I didn't want to miss it by trying to play it cool. And our whole family sort of continued in that vein that night. All of us were together in one place celebrating love. And what better way to enjoy it other than by diving in deeply and relishing and seeing the smiles of my relatives, eating two plates because I was so nervous about officiating that I hadn't eaten all day, and dancing like we were back in college trying to get 15 of us into one really small photo booth and drinking just to the limit because we were all safe and we were all together. It was indeed one of those beautiful and rare divine moments. On this episode of Modern Faith, we're going to be talking about the purposeful stewardship and delegation of our time. Welcome to Modern Faith, a podcast for the spiritual nourishment for today's millennial woman of color. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Nichelle Guidry. Thanks for being here. So once again, on this episode of Modern Faith, we're going to be getting into a conversation about time. Just to provide a little bit of brief context, I have really been kind of struggling with my time management lately. I don't know. I don't think that there has been like a heightened level of activity in my life. I think I'm just not taking the reins and taking control of what I have to do. And I feel that maybe I've been in the unfortunate position of having the things that I have to do dictate my time to me, which is not the way things are supposed to go. So I thought I'd spend a little bit of time sort of mulling through some of the basic principles and practices that I, too, am trying to circle back to. And I um, hope that it's helpful. So I started the episode by talking about that beautiful divine moment that my family and I shared a couple weekends ago. And since that time, like I said, things have been very busy as in nonstop. In fact, just yesterday, I made a ridiculous mistake at work because I have been under-rested. And when you become under-rested, it's very easy to become overwhelmed. Yeah, I've been pretty exhausted. And 
Have you ever been so tired that you literally cannot sleep through the night? I think that we often have high volume seasons where even when the activity pauses or ceases, the brain is still functioning, processing what's just happened, trying to stay sharp for what's about to happen, and it becomes a no rest for the weary type of moment. No, this episode is not about to be a call to rest, although I did cover that in episode two on strategies for spiritual wellness. And although that is probably coming in a fuller form because it is certainly worth it, but this is not that. And it is also not yet another adulation of busyness. We have a lot of people who glorify the grind so much that they just are out here looking and sounding crazy because it's not even sustainable or realistic to grind that way. What this is, this episode is, it's a proposition for the stewardship of our time towards the end of manifesting vision, savoring and embracing the present, and deepening our love of self and loved ones. So lately, um, I've been working with a number of students and peers on sort of, I guess, idea or definition or purpose for time management in my life because many of us um, have been trained and conditioned to think of time management as something that we have to do to increase our productivity. Um, And I think that that's partially true. But I think of time management as um, a set of skills and practices by which my um, understanding is broadened and my quality of life is increased. And without these particular practices, nothing gets done. And so, yes, it's about productivity, But it is also about orienting myself to the things that I have to do um, in such a way that not only am I managing them rather than them managing me, but I am receiving, I am extracting, I am experiencing a deep sense of joy and pleasure from what I'm doing um, because I make a choice of how I manage my time and how I delegate the time and the resources that I have. I have been asked at several junctures, how do you get so much done? Like you're working at this place and you have She Preaches and you have your family and now you're podcasting. And the truth of the matter is sometimes I really don't know. But when I really sit down and I think about like, what do I have in place? I do have a little process and I'll share my little process. I have three little steps. So the first one is that I write down everything that I am doing. I write down everything that's important to me. I write down all the commitments that I've made. I write down um, the things that need and demand my time and attention. And once I have a list together, I decide what are my priorities here. At any given month, I try my best not to exceed three time priorities. 
For example, this month I'm working on, of course, my health and wellness. I'm working on, um, I don't know if you all saw this who are in the field, but we just launched a fellowship out of our office for Black Millennial Women in Ministry. And so we're launching that. And um, of course, this podcast. So after I de- decide what the priorities are going to be, I take my calendar out and I make sure that I give ample time to my priorities intentionally. I put them in my planner. I put them in my calendar so that when I open my calendar, I see it all there. And when I'm going about the month, going about the week, going about the day, scheduling things that are coming up, I have these things that are already in place that have to be worked around, which allows me to really give the time that I want to give to the things that I've prioritized. And the final step is that I stick to it. Um, I stick to it to the best of my ability. Like I said, I had, um, I've, things have been really, um, high, high volume lately. And so there's been some changes in my calendar to where I was supposed to be, um, at town for a meeting this weekend. I literally could not make it the last two Sundays. I feel like I've sort of been crawling into the chapel, (laughs) Because the weeks have been so long and because I really haven't had a lot of time to relax, relate, release in the words of Whitley Gilbert. And so something had to be adjusted for reasons of health, (laughs) in the words of Mother Alice Walker. And um, I do believe that that is um, aligned me back with the priority of prioritizing my health. And so there's that. And I start with priorities because in the words of my good sister, friend, colleague, Reverend Carmen Frederick James, the grass is always greener where you water it. And when you decide that something is important, it is then incumbent upon you to nurture that thing to cultivate it, to love on it, to pour into it. And it's only through doing these things consistently, keyword consistently, that you will begin to see the grass get greener. Start to see that progress. I have um, been trying to cultivate (laughs) a more affirming and loving relationship with my body since the beginning of this year. I moved back to Atlanta in February of 2018 and I put on some good ATL Southern hospitality weight (laughs) that um, for whatever reason, you know, it was just, it's been really stubborn. And it's not that I wanna lose it because in some senses, I actually really like the way my body is looking, but in others, I can see where some toning would be helpful. And so all year long, I have been working 
working out, just been shifting my diet, these kinds of things. And nine months in, I think I am finally starting to see some progress because I've tried my best to be consistent. And consistency uh, with priorities and the stewardship and the delegation of time is a spiritual exercise for me that really calls me to tap into my desire. Where do I want to see growth? Where do I want to see transformation in my life? And when I think about desire and transformation, I often think about John chapter five, where Jesus has this encounter with a man who has been unable to walk for 38 years, the text says. And for some portion of those years, this man has been sitting at this pool called Bethesda. And he's sitting at this pool of Bethesda because there is this kind of belief that when the water of the pool of Bethesda begins to be stirred by the angel of God, that the water then possessed healing powers. The issue for the paralytic is that he can't walk. He can't get himself into the water. And so he's consistently relying on somebody else to come pick him up and to get him in the water quickly enough for him to not miss the stirring and the healing that's inside of the water. But for as long as he's been sitting at this pool and waiting for someone to to see him and to affirm him and to pick him up and put him in the water, it's never happened for him until he has this meeting, he has this encounter with Jesus who learns that he's not only been in this condition for a long time, but that he's also been sitting at this pool trying to get healed. So he goes up to him, Jesus approaches this man and he says, do you want to be healed? And in that moment, man who can't walk, he's saying all these excuses, right? Like he's like, I'm trying to get in the water. No one's helping me. You know, when in reality, Jesus is asking him a yes or no question. You know, he's like, do you want to be healed? What is your desire? And I believe that in that moment, the paralytic discovered that sitting at the pool was a waste of his time because the activity did not yield the desire. This is such a rich story with so many, 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 many layers, but there's an element in here about how there ought to be a correlation between what you desire and how you spend your time. And so over the past year, I have often thought about what do I want? What do I want? What do I desire? What's my desire, you know? And I have a wide range of desires and these things change from almost from day to day, but certainly from month to month. And so I have a personal ritual of sitting down at the beginning of every month to kind of line out, what do I want this month? What, what did I want last month? How did it go? And just reviewing how I spent my time may or may not have did or did not align with what I said I wanted. I've been starting with my desire and 
Generally speaking, I have a few kind of like grounding desires. I desire to be well. I desire to be healthy. I desire to harness my voice and my creativity and my ministry, both at Spelman and beyond. I desire to nurture my loving relationships and partnerships, including my family, my friendships, my intimate partnership. I desire to root myself in Atlanta because God willing, I will make my life here with my family. I love being here. And in all of these things and across all of these areas of my life, I desire to grow my character to become the best version of myself that I can become and to deepen my connection to God. And so starting with a sense of what I want has really helped me to decide how I want to spend my time. And I've spoken often about how I took a social media hiatus at the beginning of this year for Lent. It was supposed to be for Lent, but it turned into several months because I wanted I wanted to spend my time differently. I wanted to hone in on some things and decided that that wasn't going to be the best use of my time. So I use that as an example. And starting with my desire and then moving to prioritize those things, um, it's just a really, to me, it's a much more creative way to drive me um, to be productive because it keeps me motivated. You know, I have an interest in the things that I do, whether it's work related or whether it's extracurricular or whether it has to do with my personal ministry outside of my my formal position. Like these are things that I actually have an interest and a passion in. And so, um, you know, sort of delegating my time to do those things actually gives me so much pleasure. I mean, an inverse way of saying this is that I rarely do things that I don't want to do (laughs) Um, because there's just not enough time. There's not enough time to not enjoy our moments. There's not enough time in our lives to not enjoy our time not to spend our time with people who love us, not to give ourselves over to meaningful, purposeful, and impactful work, not to serve our communities in hopes that the chains of injustice will be broken. Uh, There's not enough time to not do these things. And it's it's been a different sort of uh, approach to really think about, you know, the lasting impact of the time that I have in this, this life. When I was growing up, we would often read um, historical narratives, particularly in my household about Black historical figures. And there was always an interesting sort of way that um, I remember the kind of material that we would read at home or at church about Black history. And I would often compare that to the kind of material we would read about Black history in our public school curriculum. And 
there was always so many vast like omissions. <laughs> so many uh, inaccuracies even in what was presented in school because I just believe that the writers of those materials didn't have as much of a vested interest in how our heroes and our sheroes were represented to their posterity. Whereas, for example, if you read Alex Haley's autobiography of Malcolm X, you get such an intimate view into his life. You get um, a lot more detail and you read about Malcolm X Unlike in public school curricula, you read about Malcolm X outside of this King X dichotomy um, and you get a, a clearer picture of who he was on his own. So I just I'm rambling, but I use that as an example because I spend a lot of my time thinking about how future generations are going to write about this particular era. I spend a lot of time thinking about how future generations might write about my contributions. I often think about how we have lifted up so many of our historical figures um, and, and praised many of the decisions that they made because we have in many ways benefited from them. But reading a lot of that in context, in their historical context, you realize that they made the history books because in their present, they maybe were not so adored. Maybe they weren't so liked. Maybe they weren't so popular then as they are now. And I often think that people who think about how historical narratives are going to be written about their lives often make decisions because history is going to betray which side they were on. I've certainly made some decisions that I know were not popular um, in the here and now, but I'm confident that when the story is told, um, that I'll be proud of the decisions that I made as a young African American woman who has who is coming of age in a very different world than those of my ancestors, and so. Now, back to the topic at hand, because clearly I'm rambling, which I am known to do. The irony in all of this talk about time management and productivity is that I, like I said at the beginning, I'm still struggling with this. In fact, just two weeks ago, I was late to an event on campus. And at the end of it, I had to apologize to our president, Dr. Mary Schmidt Campbell, and just let her know, like, I, I lost track of time. Um, and she pointed me to a wonderful talk on time management by Dr. Randy Pausch, who is a former professor at Carnegie Mellon and UVA. And she pointed me to this talk um, because she well, she was sort of raving about it. And she said, you know, you he begins his talk and, you know, he's kind of just kind of talking through like how he multitasks. But by the time you get to the end of the the presentation, he's gone in this extremely spiritual direction. 
and she highly recommended that I listen to the talk. And following the marching orders of Madam President, I listened to the talk and I found it really useful. And I've done my own sort of meditations on that talk and um, a couple of quick takeaways that I want to share with you. So one of the first things that, um, well, that I want to share from the talk, because it's about an hour and 15 minutes long, but I found this particular quote really helpful and really powerful. Dr. Pausch says, time management makes you figure out what's important and what's not. Time is all we have. You may find one day that you have less than you think. I've thought about that and I would like to pose three pursuits that could possibly be useful. You know, this podcast is for millennial women of color. And I think many of us think about, you know, our imprint and our impact on the world. And as I've thought about, you know, what really sort of matters through lots of life changes through lots of transitions. I have found um, that these three sort of pursuits have been the ones that have yielded the most fruit. And the first one is the pursuit of health, mental health, physical health, emotional health. Um, The pursuit of health has never failed to yield some sort of result, positive result, because in many ways, when I feel like I'm taking care of myself, it feels like I'm loving myself. And at the end of the day, I truly believe that it's our ability to show love to ourselves that makes all the difference. Because people come and go, and even the people who stay, sometimes they're not always accessible. And so the relationship that we have with ourselves is absolutely pivotal. When I say pursuit of health, I'm speaking of the times that I've been faithful and consistent in therapy. I'm thinking about the times that I've been faithful and consistent with my workouts. I'm talking about the times that I've been mindful about what I take into my body, whether it's food or whether it's content or whether it's relationships. I'm thinking about the the times where I've set a standard for how I want to um, give deference to my body and my spirit. And those are things that I have never regretted. I have never regretted going to see my doctor when I felt sick. I've never regretted investing in my health because there's always, like I said, some sense of Um, gratification and self-love that comes from making a decision that I'm important enough to take care of myself. So pursuit of health. Two is pursuit of healing. I have never regretted pursuing my healing. I have never ever experienced a sense of failure from at least trying to heal. I've had a lot of things that have taken place, whether it's been issues of 
abandonment and lost relationships or whether it's been disappointments with my career or whether it's been, you know, trying to make sense of family issues or whether it's been trying to get back on track and recovering from mistakes. I mean, I'm talking about big things and I'm talking about real small things. I'm talking about things that I'm still healing from from years ago and things that I'm trying to make sense of that just happened this week. The range, you know, the sort of mercy that we can give ourselves when we say I need help and I need resources and I need a community of people that can surround me in this season. It always bears a fruit. And I've learned to, to I've learned to to perceive and to understand that in the pursuit of healing, that other things come up that need to be healed, and that there's often obstacles and resistances to our healing because the adversary doesn't want us to be whole. That thing comes to still kill and destroy and, and destroy, which is all the opposite of of having life and life more abundantly. And I believe that healing from past pains and even past traumas are a key to that abundant life that have been promised to us in Christ. And the irony in pursuing healing is that it, it often hurts more before it starts to feel better. But even that is part of the process of healing. And finally, the pursuit of love. Anyone who knows me knows that I love my family. I love my family so, so much. They are number one to me. And for those of you who have listened to the Sisterhood Saves episodes with me and my best friend, you know I love my best friend. I have a number of relationships in my life that I I consider love relationships my platonic relationships. I have some professional relationships. I have one intimate partnership that are love relationships to me because love is the standard that I believe exists in those relationships. And pouring into those relationships, being as present as possible. Now, there was a time in my life where I wasn't always choosing my family and I There was a time in my life I didn't choose a former marriage. There was a time in life where I didn't choose the things that I know now are more important. And I have had to wrestle with those decisions. And I honestly just think that these are the kinds of decisions you make when you don't know any better, you know, but growth means that now that I know better, I do better. And I know that the pursuit of love the pursuit of being present to those who fill me up, the pursuit of being present to the relationships that challenge me and nurture me. I never regret pursuing love. So those are all some good uses of time. And lastly, what I'm going to share are three things that are royal wastes of time. And I want to start and anchor this discussion of these three things in a scripture that comes from the Hebrew book of Job, chapter 2, 25 through 32. It says this, So I will restore to you the years 
that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. And so three things that are royal waste of time and that I'm going to work these scriptures in. One is regret. (laughs) Even though I've already said that there have been some decisions that I've made that I've regretted, I often really beat myself up because that is a royal waste of my time and my energy. It's not like you can go back and change the decisions. But what you can do is make different decisions, which is what I'm constantly assessing. Am I making different decisions? Because I honestly and truly believe that we're going to continue to face the same cycles. We're going to continue to face the same circumstances and situations until we show up differently and make different decisions. I mean, it's like when you're in grade school, you had some teachers who were gracious enough to let you retest when you failed. And when they were gracious enough to give you retests, you study harder, you do a little bit better. And even if you just barely crawl past the passing line, you still passed and you get to go on to the next thing. And I truly believe that elevation is all about learning the lessons and passing the tests. And that's why regret is a waste of time, because as long as you're regretting past decisions, you can't learn from them. And so that's a royal waste of time. (laughs) The second royal waste of time is replaying broken records. And it's not completely unrelated to regretting past decisions. Because a big part of why we regret past decisions is because we won't live the story down. We won't let it go. We won't give mercy and grace to ourselves or to others. And before we know it, it's been three, four years and we're still replaying the same broken record, the same scenario. I wish I would have. I wish they would not have. I wish this would have gone differently. You know, it didn't. And the way that we can re-relate to those stories is once again, pushing and striving ourselves to create new chapters. And part of that means that we've got to be able to accept the chapters in our lives that didn't go well and didn't go the way that we wanted them to go. But faith has got to arise and say, but that's not the end of the story. So replaying the broken record is a royal waste of time. And the final royal waste of time is procrastination. Procrastination on the things that you have to do for work. Procrastination on the things you have to do for school. Yes, Spelmanites, I said it. (laughs) Um, Procrastination on the things that you know that you need to do for your self-care, your spiritual care, your soul care. Um, And so... Many of us have got to do some internal work around why we're procrastinating. If you listen to that talk by Dr. Pausch, I think that you 
might hear some things around procrastination that will be helpful and insightful. Um, But for many of us, we have some underlying reasons why we drag our feet on some things. And we've got to get to the core of why we procrastinate in order to overcome the temptation to procrastinate. Sometimes we procrastinate because we just don't like what we have to do. Well, is there something that you can do to begin to see the purpose in it? Is there some different angle that you can look at that task from to be able to apply yourself? I mean, even if it is, like I might not like it, but it's it's a new skill set. It's growing me. And if you're about the growth, then sometimes it means that you also have to endure what might be uncomfortable. And on an upcoming episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about growth mindsets versus fixed mindsets and um, how having a growth mindset can be a game changer. But in terms of procrastination, some of us might have to sit for a second and think about why am I procrastinating on this? Why am I procrastinating on going to therapy? Why am I procrastinating on getting myself into a fitness center? Why am I procrastinating on going to the doctor? What's the fear there? What's the anxiety that these trigger in you? I think that that might give you some indication about why procrastination is is taking place. And I think that sometimes when we remove those roadblocks, we can move forward and get things done. So back to the scripture, you know, I... I believe that these royal wastes of time are um, particularly number one and two, regretting past decisions and replaying broken records. I think these often have to do with um, how we relate to the things that have happened to us in our lives. And I think one of the things that God has really been impressing upon me lately is a quote by Soren Kierkegaard. I was in attendance at Dr. Cynthia Hale's Women in Ministry Conference here, and my pastor from home, who is my spiritual mother, Dr. Claudia Anderson Copeland, she preached the closing session, and in her sermon, she lifted up this quote from Kierkegaard that said, life is lived moving forward, but it is understood looking back. And I've been meditating on this thing I have been meditating on this thing. And um, for many of us, uh, we have years. We have moments. We've got days. We have entire seasons of our lives that we feel were stolen from us, from a vast army of locusts, which biblically were a symbol of corrosion and divine wrath and all these different things but years that um, continue to um, eat away at our joy, these memories, these decisions that continue to um, steal our joy again uh, for whatever reason. And we don't relate to those years. We don't relate to those memories well because um, perhaps we have not done the work of healing from what has taken place, but also just because some stories are just awful to remember and hard to live with. Um, but I'm, I'm faithful and I, I have hope in God that this promise is going to come to pass for us. 
that God is going to restore those years. That there will be a, a time and there is coming a season where a great army, the great army that was sent among us, those or those horrible experiences will be reversed. We shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, my sisters. And praise God's name who's dealt wondrously with us. My people will never be put to shame. And I think that ultimately this is why looking backwards and becoming so intoxicated with the past, it robs us of the time that we have in the present. It steals the joy. It steals the power. It steals the beauty in the present moment. And this is why it's so important to keep living forward. And as long as you're reflecting, reflect to the end of understanding and gaining the lesson and the insight from the past, not further, perse further persecution of yourself or even of others. Our time is very limited. And being aware of how we spend our time, the thoughts that we think, the places we go, the relationships we invest in, the work that we do. Um, if you believe that better days are coming, you, you, you choose differently. You choose differently, especially when you see that the choices that you make aren't always getting you the results that you, that you desire. And I do believe that when we trust that our years are going to be restored and when we trust that what's ahead of us is better than what's behind us at, and when we trust that the latter days will be better than the former days and the latter house will be greater than the former house, I believe that um, we begin to make some decisions about our time and about our, our wellness about our relationships that begin to yield the future that we hope for. And this is why I say, you know, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want out of your life? What do you want out of your job? What do you want out of your relationships? And after you've established what you want, have you decided how you're going to delegate your time and manage your time to be able to substantiate and sustain those desires and manifest them? Just a question. That's all I have. I hope that this was helpful. Um, I'm working on some social media things for Modern Faith, and I'm also starting to think into the future about how I want to maybe plan some activations or events here in Atlanta. And so I want to just put out a call to anyone who's listening who may want to collaborate um, maybe we have missions and maybe we have vision and purpose that aligns and maybe we can make something really cool happen. And so if that might be you, hit me up. I love modern faith and I'm really enjoying the connection with the listeners. And so I'm looking forward to how this will continue to grow and to flourish. So thanks, thanks, thanks. I appreciate you for listening and until next time, y'all keep the faith. We've come to the end of this episode of Modern Faith. Thank you so much for tuning in. And please 
take just a second to rate and subscribe to Modern Faith on all of your preferred podcasting platforms and check us out on the web to be able to contact us and find more information at modernfaithpodcast.com. Thanks again for tuning in and until next time, keep the faith.